Hello? Anybody home? Brendan? Salim? We're here to do that AGPN podcast crossover thing. Ah, uh, looks like no one's home. Let's just go and turn on the mics and start the show. Round one. Fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 148th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and Audio Technica. I'm your humble host, Drew Agnew, who can be found at iDruby. And joining me today is my best friend, king of the chicken schnitzel and co-host of the House of Mario podcast. It's Bryce DeWitt, who can be found at IV Revan. Hey, How are we going? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Good, good. Good, good to be on this podcast. Yeah, so we're, we're this taking... This is not actually my voice. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. Is that actually your voice? Speak in your normal voice, please, Bryce. Hello, it is I, Bryce DeWitt. Hello, Bryce. It is me, Drew. Um... Everyone out there, thank you for tuning into this episode. We are not your usual hosts, Brendan, Salim, or Ali. Uh, I'm Drew, this is Bryce, and we are from the Nintendo podcast, The House of Mario, also on the 8-Bit Collective. Yes, we are, yes. Um, Bryce, um, so just to introduce ourselves a bit, what is The House of Mario, and what do we talk about on there usually? Well, I think it sort of comes with the name, don't you think? We like talk, we talk ha- about the houses. House of Mario and a Nintendo podcast. Okay, we talk about houses and uh, and Mario and Mario and Mario's relationship with that house and <laughs> how we might interact with the bathroom. And uh, I mean, look at our logo. It is literally a house made of Mario items. How are they going to look at logo? This is audio. Well, that's the thing. You'll have to Google it and go on our Twitter. Mm, okay. Yep. Okay. Fair but <laughs> in all in all seriousness, we are we are. Uh, hosts of a Nintendo podcast called The House of Mario where we talk about anything Nintendo week by week whether it be evergreen episodes or latest news or what we're doing or uh, just generally being stupid that's that's something we like to do yeah we're good at that <laughs> we're really good at that <laughs> not about the other things but we're good at being stupid yes um, so yeah uh, just a I think a bit of a fun game to play, sort of introduce ourselves to sort of get uh, this audience to sort of know who we are. All I've right. got, I'm going to do a, th- a few icebreaker questions, which I'm getting off of uh, museumhack.com. You really, really like getting random questions off websites. <laughs> uh, it's funny because uh, why not? Why, why get your, why think of your own questions when you can, Fair when you can Google them? You know what I mean? Okay. Well, fire away, maestro. Uh, so, Bryce, what would be the title of your autobiography? Uh, so if someone's to write an autobiography about you, or you write one yourself because you don't have the money to pay someone else to write about you, what would the title be? How to spend too much time playing video games. The Bryce DeWitt story. The Rice... The Rice... The, the, the Rice... <laughs> the Rice... The Rice Brewitt story. There you go. There you go. The Bryce DeWitt story. Oh, that's, yeah. uh, that's wonderful. Uh, what is your favourite magical or mythological animal? Oh, God. I would actually probably say probably a griffin. A griffin? I like griffins. They're mm. cool. Yeah. Cool concept, you know. That's Eagle a- horse. Yeah. Good stuff. They are cool. They are really cool. Like, pretty scary riding one. Like, they, they can fly, yeah? Damn cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't know how, I don't know how to feel about it. Maybe a good saddle and a, like a good pair of pants so you don't chafe and I'll be all about it, but... Yeah, but otherwise. Hubble. Just just think Buckbeak from Harry Potter and there you go. Yeah. You know, running something like that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, if you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which one would you keep? Which ones would you keep, sorry? Um, probably Twitter for social media. Or actually, it'd be either Twitter or Reddit. I'm going to say Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would keep Twitter. I would keep Dragalia Lost for entertainment. Yep. And probably YouTube. Mm. Those are the three apps that I use most. I'll, def- I'll definitely keep Twitter. Yep. I'll definitely keep YouTube. Yep. And the last one would probably be my banking app because I really need that. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. I feel like I can do that physically, so that's why I'm not choosing my banking app. I could just go to an ATM. Mm. Like I can go to inconvenient, but yeah, Yeah, very convenient. You've got to you've got to go to an ATM, whereas you can just roll over in your bed and Uh, move those money today. (laughs) 
I feel like this million can go into that bank account today. <laughs> earn a bit more interest for me. Million. <laughs> uh, so these are, I've never read these questions. I'm just like literally pick, right. picking something. And uh, who who is the best businessman or businesswoman and why? Example: Justin Justin Timberlake or Justin Bieber. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that example: Justin <laughs> Timberlake or Justin Bieber. <laughs> Who's the best businessman? Oh, <laughs> what a question! <laughs> I don't know. Probably Justin Timberlake. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> That's a really weird question, dude. <laughs> that is. I didn't realize I had to do any work when actually oh. ask, finding that question. Yeah. yeah All right, I'm going to ask you one que- one more question before spinning this laptop around and you ask me some questions from this page. Okay. okay, okay. Uh, who is your favorite uh, Disney hero or heroine? Would you trade places with them? Disney hero or heroine? Either Mulan or Baymax. Why? And would you would you trade places with them? Um... Mulan probably not no would not trade places with Mulan I feel like she's got a, the whole world on her shoulder uh, and obviously she's you know an actual figure that's in you know ancient Chinese history mm. and I feel like I'm not I'm not a big Mulan expert but I feel like she probably didn't meet a great end so yeah well no. you know <laughs> no. uh, I would not trade places with Mulan however Baymax as somebody who's very carefree and a robot and just likes to be a robot probably wouldn't be a bad time I feel like uh, being virtually indestructible would be nice too so yeah well it has its perks I would imagine yeah sure why not hmm. so there you go yeah. alright let's swap this flip this laptop around oh, look we've got this iMac this iMac it's not an iMac it's a MacBook Mac Pro Book. thank you Bryce get your Apple terminology look, right thank you I would but iMac is just an easy way to you know that's fair enough. You know, I'm not against that. Uh, okay, so first one, really easy off the bat. What is your dream job? My dream job. So honestly, it probably would be making content, doing podcasts, just having like full creative control. Like the the time. Like I obviously we're podcasting now, and we can we can do that. We have the equipment, we have the means. It's yep. just I, I would love the t- the time to just like wake up in the. Like wake up in the morning and go, all right. Feeling like P. Diddy, sorry. <laughs> wake up in the morning and be like, all right, I'm doing this today. Gonna like just make something that people yeah. enjoy. Yeah, that's what I love to do. Yeah, no, no that's fair enough. Uh, what fictional family would you be a member of? Uh, for some reason, the first one that came to mind was The Simpsons. Well, yeah, that's because you're a big Simpsons I'm advocate big, back big in the day. Big Simpsons fan? But do I want to be a part of The Simpsons family? No, not really. Not really. <laughs> Mm. The, another one that comes to mind is like the family's from Rugrats <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus wouldn't mind wouldn't mind being a part of uh, you know Tommy's family uh, the like, Pickles y- the Pickles so you got Stewie what's the mum's name again oh, Debbie the, is it Debbie yeah probably is Debbie yeah well they seem like nice people hard working people yeah sure yeah, yeah Tommy Tommy would be a cool brother they go to Paris one time yeah have you seen Rugrats uh, grown up have you seen that series? oh yeah I have yeah yeah so yeah Tommy turns out to be a nice bloke in high school so what? yeah what a champ I assume he doesn't become a drug dealer later Later in life still doesn't so. lose his baby face he doesn't does he no just this huge <laughs> huge bloody <laughs> bloody chucky with his big head too <laughs> <laughs> Jesus God <laughs> okay last one what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given oh Christ probably give me the hard hitting questions Bryce talking about Rugrats well yeah I mean I feel like I feel like the ones you gave me were more like what would I like to envision me being in my head whereas these ones are more like tell me about yourself Drew yep alright okay Okay. so what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given Drew could be anything from don't shit on the carpet to oh that was a good one I really need to be told told that one once or twice (laughs) uh uh this this is a pretty pretty basic one, but just basically don't worry about what others are thinking. Yeah, I, mean, I remember like back in high school where, especially the transition from year seven to year eight. Yep. Like I, I've always been a huge Pokemon fan, but like that transition where you're like, all right, I need to grow up. I need to stop doing these things that make me look childish. Especially when you think back to year eight, where you're like, what are you twelve turning thirteen? Like yeah. you're, you're still a baby. Like, don't worry about it. Yep. But but I remember going... I remember picking up Pokemon Diamond and Pearl back in 2007 and um, I had it in my hand, ready to go to the cash register to go and buy it. And uh, someone from school who was like, quote, unquote, more cool kid 
came. He said, he's like, oh shit. So I hid it behind like some books or whatever. And he, like I was talking to him, whatever. He left, got the game out, went and bought it. <laughs> yeah. And like, if, if I could tell my younger self, younger self, like, don't even worry about it. Like, yeah. there, there are so many, when you grow up, like you've got so many things to worry about, whether it's your family, money, this or that. You know, wh- whether you still play Pokemon, whether you still enjoy these things that may, might be looked a bit childish on. And obviously, we don't care now because we run a Nintendo podcast. We 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 couldn't we couldn't give a shit. No, absolutely not. No. Yeah. No, I've always held that with me, no no matter what's happened. Mm. And I feel like I learned that pretty early on because I think it was like a couple of years. I didn't. <laughs> didn't you? No. I felt like a couple of years after that, like everyone was like, "Do you remember Dragon Ball Z Pokemon?" I was like, "Yeah, I do." And everyone's like, "It's just it's kind of like cool again." Well, not cool, but yeah, it's acceptable. Like, I just remember in the later years of high school, people were playing. Uh, Diamond Pearl Platinum on the emulators when I was in year twelve. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I remember there, there was know, this, there people was, that never really even. There was, liked a guy, them. There, was, there was a guy at school and he's always wearing like you know the, the trendy stuff and whatever. Yeah. And, and he came up to me asking me questions about Pokemon, and I thought he was just I thought he was just being patronising and paying me out, taking the piss. Yeah. I'm like, so at first I was like, yeah, um, yeah, this, that, whatever he was asking me like, what's your favourite starter? I'm like, oh, you know, uh, the grass one. Yeah, you know, but then he's like, after a while, after a while, I'm like, he's, he actually, he actually plays it, and he brought his DS to school, and he's like talking to me about, it. I'm like, oh, he actually like really likes Pokemon. Yeah, generally so, wants your advice. He actually he actually wanted my advice on yeah. like, like what started to choose and all that through Diamond and Pearl. So yeah, I thought that was quite nice. interesting, and it's it's uh, now what are we mid twenties? We couldn't give it. We couldn't give a crap what yeah. people think. Yeah. Glad I'm glad I don't give a shit now. Yeah. <laughs> so Bryce we broke the ice a little bit now what have you been playing lately what have you been playing like normally we just talk about what we've been playing on Switch because we're a Nintendo focused podcast yep. but now you now you can blow I was going to say blow your load don't blow your load just yet Bryce <laughs> we haven't finished the show yet but yeah what, it's a finale <laughs> let's just <laughs> <laughs> you got that to listen you got that to look forward to everybody yeah but what uh, what have you been playing um, <laughs> so Apart from my typical Nintendo stuff this week, I suppose it's, you know, Smash Bros or whatever. Uh, but also, I round table consistently throughout the week uh, between Apex, League, Final Fantasy XIV, uh, whatever I'm playing on Switch oh, at the time. You're back into League, are you? Uh, sort of. Like, I still don't think... I, I don't think the game is in the state that it used to be in. But and was that balancing or just like your friends aren't playing it? Or? And, yeah, balancing and weirdness. I think like the thing with MOBAs as well is I do like the concept of MOBAs. They just have the worst communities in the world. Mm. Like they're really hard to... They're really competitive, over-competitive, toxic. They are. Like that's just what they are. Uh, you, could play, you could be playing shooters and still not get people as toxic as that, which is really strange to see. Um, At least with something like... Uh, even Call of Duty or even to something night or some some extent Fortnite where like you don't have to talk to people. Yeah. Obviously it's preferred if you're playing team based stuff like Fortnite, but yeah. When you're playing League of Legends, it's like you've really got to be talking and yeah. strategizing with people. Not that I know because I've never gotten <laughs> You've never really gotten into I've it. I've never gotten into it. I made the count. I, I play oh I didn't really play. I sat at, I, I sat at the computer in control of a character with you guys. But it's just something where I like it doesn't didn't appeal to me at all but yeah 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 but uh yeah you, you've been back into it sort of recently yeah sort of you dabbled in it or yeah i think the thing that takes up most of my time is the random matches and matches of apex i'm playing um and then i'm trying to build up uh my final final uh, my final fantasy rather 14 stuff uh in preparation for the expansion in like two months time so yeah a bit of grinding and then you know a bit of competitive gameplay and just overall chilling. I've got all three consoles in my house, but only typically use the Switch and then my PC. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I come down to. PC is like eighty percent of my time. Yeah, that, that's that's your main platform which you like playing yeah. everything on. And absolutely, yeah. I didn't. Well, I didn't build a rig that was worth over two grand for nothing. You know. Well, well hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to play my games there. It's just easier. So mm. yeah, yeah. Um, I've been playing just like a a bit of DMC five. I haven't finished it. I know you finished it, or you, you finished it before I even got to pick it up. Yep. But from what I played so far, I really enjoy. It. I love like it's great. 
Um, I'm quite new to DMC. I got into DMC for the with the last game made by Ninja Fury, yep. which a lot of people are um, not too hot on, yep. um, especially if you're a big fan. But I loved the uh, sort of art, artistic direction of that yeah, game, yeah. And that's what really drew me in with like the mu- like the heavy metal music and the art style and everything. The stylistic level yeah. design too yeah. was really good. And this game s- seems to take a little bit of that. Obviously, it's a DMC five. Yeah, so it's a it's continuation. Continuation, yeah. but still love like the look of it and everything, and mm. I'm enjoying what I've played so far. Good. Yeah. What about like you've been you've played all the DMC games? You've you know yeah. familiar with the story and everything. Well, what do you think of that game? It's really good. Um, I have a general consensus this year, and that's that there's a couple of sequels coming out the games, and the most important one for me was Kingdom Hearts three, which actually really disappointed me. But DMC 5 was obviously another sequel that people have been waiting for years for. And in my opinion, that worked out really well. I thought it was a really good game. The only issue I had with it really is that it is quite short. Um, But to be honest, short doesn't necessarily mean it was bad either. Yeah. Like it was a game I could skirt through. I got through in like three days, maybe less. It's not such a bad thing either because it's like a hack and slash arcade game it's yeah. good to go back and get the like try and get the SS like the scores and everything yeah so I think it's pretty good if it was like a 20 hour campaign and you've got to like if, you're, if your goal is to be like alright I'm going to triple S all these mm. um, stages it's going to be an, almost a nightmare yeah. yeah you know you got to sort of take your time <laughs> I had a I was having a look at the uh, before I got up I'm like oh is this going to be a game I'm going to be like going to even like attempt to try and get the platinum trophy on P- PS4 mm. the answer is no Definitely not. It's one of the hardest trophies on the platform. Is it? <laughs> it's very hard. You've got to like, you know, 100% like get all the r- rankings and everything. You've got to play through the game on every difficulty level. It doesn't stack. So if you play it on the hardest one, it's not going to stack for oh. the easiest one. So you've got to play it through multiple times. I think it's a estimated time, about 70 hours. Okay. That's um, not too bad. But it'll be more like 200 for someone like me who's like, all right, I'm going to learn this game as I'm going. Yeah, someone that doesn't really sit down and have the time to dedicate like mm. five hours in one sitting. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. Yeah, I mean, but regardless, yeah. great game. It is interesting that like that trophy list makes it something. It might make it something more akin to like Sekiro, where it's like something you've got Sekiro, to like, yeah, yeah, where you've got to like sit down and really learn it. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that one. So, yeah, I do, I do like that it does that for people, but. I just I know I won't have the time to do that. Yeah, mm. yeah, and no, that's fine. Yeah, uh, another game on the Nintendo side. I've been playing a, well, actually not a lot. Just th- through a, uh, this time of year is pretty busy for work for me. But w- when I sit down, I just want something chill to play. It's been Yoshi's Crafted World. Yep, really enjoy playing that. Just uh, I enjoy it more than I do Woolly World. Just in the fact, like Woolly World was you know a traditional Yoshi game, left to right. You yep. know, collect all the things. Whereas I feel like sort of the 3D elements in this sort of open up the levels a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get to like, a, you can get to sections where it becomes like you can do, do multiple paths and you sort of, it comes look more like a, obviously like an on-rails 3D game. Yep. Where you like, look, like you're really looking for like all the collectibles and everything. Even in the backgrounds, there might be like something to hit with your eggs, which you can throw and all that. I feel like the yeah. thing it sort of attributes to me most is that it looks like Yoshi's Story. Yeah. Yoshi's Story is probably my favorite Yoshi game. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, right. I reckon. Like the more, the more yeah. I think about it, it's just like I love Yoshi's Island. Yoshi's Island's like one of my favorite two D platformers of all time. But Yoshi's Story had like real hidden elements in it. Mm. It was a really neat sort of game. So yeah, and I guess looking at it like that, I'm just like, cool. That's what yeah. Crafted World looks like. Yeah, and you you haven't picked it up just yet, have you? No, no. Yeah. I've been meaning to. I just haven't really got around to it. Um, I opted to buy a new controller yesterday instead of um picking it up. So. On Switch or yeah, Switch. Oh yeah, what'd you get? I got a Power A wireless GameCube. Oh well, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I haven't heard about this. Tell us about because I've been thinking about getting one too because they're I love not, the GameCube controller. They're not bad. They've got like all the button, all the buttons you could possibly need. Yeah. So like it's literally pro controller status in that regard. The only issue with it is is that it's AA battery operated. Yeah. So that what that's what turns me off a little bit. But that's not a bad thing all the time either. No, not all the time. Because obviously, if like, all right, I gotta, gotta power up because I'm so into my video game right now. You can just chucking some batteries in, you're good. Yep. Especially, um, like with the PlayStation controllers, they're dying all the time. But I've got multiple on docks, so I can rotate them. Yeah. Whereas, whereas you're not gonna buy multiple of these GameCube wireless controllers. No. Probably. Yeah. Um. But how does how does the actual feel and everything yeah, like? Well, it feels just like a GameCube controller. Yeah. Like it's actually crazy how much they've sort of. 
Yeah, everything you know, down, everything down to the tr- like the triggers and everything. Uh, yeah, they still feel the same. They're digital though. Yeah, they're yeah. not analog. They're digital, but they do feel the same still. Which makes sense because the switch doesn't support it no, anyway. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, what about the D pad? I was wondering if the D pad on those things would feel. Uh, they're good. bigger. Yeah, they're bigger D pads, so they actually do feel a little bit better. Would you feel good about playing like a two D game? Uh, I, prob- I probably wouldn't go that far on it. Not but the thing bad. is yep. with the thing is with two D indie games nowadays as well is that hexagonal kind of works anyway yeah. which is what the controller stick is no the control stick controller <laughs> Jesus the controller stick the controller stick uh, it's it's, hexa- it's hexagonal based so it kind of works in its own favour anyway um, if you tip a tip the control stick in a direction it's going to attach itself to a corner of the hexagon it sort of works so mm. playing a lot of people a lot of people praise this controller because it was been it's been a godsend for games like Celeste yeah, where you really need like proper angle positioning. So there you go. Mm. Um, I haven't played any indies yet, but I'll get around to it. I'll try Celeste with it. I'm sure it'd be good with Celeste. All right, I'm keen to go over to your place and give this thing a hold because yeah, um, I- I've been wanting like a a wireless GameCube controller for like modern systems for ages. Yeah, and yeah. like you can go back and get the Wave Bird and make it um compatible oh, somehow <laughs> get it compatible but that's got no rumble and yeah also takes um triple a batteries and there's no this this is like the first actual really good solution yeah for it yeah and it's not it's not an official one it's good to hear that it's uh up to your standards because yeah, i know i know you love your gamecube controller and use it a lot for smash bros and yeah, all that so absolutely yeah, yeah no it's definitely definitely a good piece of hardware so happy about that yeah yeah all right nothing else you've been playing or what no no not really yeah sort right. of just uh the average. All right. Let's jump into some news. All right. This week's news headlines. So the first one comes from our friends uh, at the Explosion Network. This is by Dylan Blight. And the article reads, Katana Zero refused classification in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, Dylan says, uh, Devolver Digital uh, upcoming Katana Zero, which was due to come out on PC and Nintendo Switch this Friday, which was last Friday when you're listening to this, uh, has been refused classification in Australia and New Zealand. Devolver Digital posted uh, the news on their official Twitter account stating, Heads up, folks in Australia and New Zealand, Katana Zero has a classification refused rating and therefore will not be released on Nintendo Switch in Australia and New Zealand on Thursday. Our team is resubmitting in hopes uh, to get that changed and we'll keep you posted with news. Devolver Digital is not new to having their games refused uh, classification or straight up banned in Australia in the past see Hotline Miami 2 but since Katana Zero does not have any does not feature any heavy drug use the bane of the review board uh, <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting to see if the game will be allowed a classification in Australia and New Zealand it's disappointing to say the least uh, whenever this happens so this was a really frustrating one because some games that come up you you, you you can be like you can see the link you can see like Hotline Miami you can see yep. you can see oh yeah drugs yeah yeah you don't yeah Australia's already got a drug problem we don't need any more influences yeah sort Is of it, thing yeah you can be like oh yeah but at the end of the day years ago we fought for the R rating in video games here in Australia yeah like we really needed it. Call of Duty was still coming out at an um, MA fifteen plus rating, so anyone who's fifteen and over can play Call of Duty, which was pretty silly. Even though and World at War was one of the goriest games. Mm. <laughs> even though, like back back in the day, well, not back in the day. <laughs> it's not that long ago. It feels like a long time <laughs> it ago does. It because does. because of well, I guess we we're teenagers then. It was back in a day. It was, it was definitely a day. Yep. But <laughs> it's a, it's just really frustrating to see. Like we we got that the eighteen plus rating here in Australia. We thought the war was over. Mm-hmm. It was far from over, and we're still fighting it today. Mm-hmm. And even with indie games such as Katana Zero, which Nintendo, which is a very family friendly co- facing company, uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, 11 is coming to the Switch and in their presentation they didn't show any gore or anything but in their indie uh, direct they shown a lot of Katana Zero and that was one of the games they highlighted very heavily in their thing um, but here in Australia it's too bad to even release at least on the initial um, submission Yeah. so they're resubmitting and hopefully um, 
they'll come around and we'll get to play it here in Australia. But it's it's a it's a barrel pick. They get a bucket. They put a bunch of games in the list. They go, which one are we going to ban today to make a point? Mm. They pick one out, and it was Katana Zero, which really did not look that bad when you hold a candle to like mod like Mortal Kombat Eleven. Even yeah, honestly. It's literally the most one of the most violent video game series in history has been ever since its first inception, and this one is no different. No. So, where's the line drawn here? It doesn't feel like there is one. It just feels like they're just like, nah, mm. don't want it. Yeah. Just, just, just for clarification for people who don't know what Katana Zero is, basically you're playing as a ninja who has a katana, and each level you're trying to get through without making any mistakes. You know, you're going through yeah. as a, you're going through as a ninja, you're cutting up people, you're going through and you've got to get it in the in the perfect run. If you stuff up, you you get rewinded back to the start and you do the run again. Think Meat Boy with a sword. Yeah. There you go. And like, okay, there's violence there. Like I haven't played the game, so who knows? There might be drug references left, right, not like I don't know. I don't think there is. No. But yeah. there regardless of what there is like there was a few there's been a fair few things on steam which has been like you know murder simulator and like just like disgusting things that people don't need in their lives yeah, yeah. like whatever topic like um it was in it was in the news uh maybe a month ago there was it was called something along the lines of rape simulator oh like it it it, it just stuff like that don't need it that can be banned yeah but like stuff like Katana Zero, made by an indie developer, um, obviously like a a medium publisher, uh, like Devolver Digital, yeah, is happy to publish it. It's it's a game where you're a ninja and it's got a fair bit of violence in it. If if Australia sees it as a as a problem, like we don't need kids playing this, that is exactly what they have the R eighteen plus rating for. Yeah, that's exactly what it's there for. Put it there. So if you're on your Nintendo Switch, because it's a it's a download only game, unless they uh, do like a limited release for it, like physically run. Yeah. yeah. Then if you if the parents like I don't want kids playing this, then they'll have their parental controls all set up, and they won't be able to purchase it. Yep. And it's that easy. Yep. Like, for them to say this is too violent, and Drew and Bryce. Um, mid twenties, you can't play it because it's too violent for you. Like, what are you kidding? I just want to play my ninja game. It makes me. It really makes me wonder where the hell they get this shit from. To be honest, like, how do you how do you get to that point where it's just like, we fought this long for the R eighteen rating, and then we can't even get games that fit that category mm. approved in Australia. Then what do we have yeah. the rating for? It would have been a big shock to Devolver as well because I was getting emails from Devolver saying, "Hey, you want a code?" Yeah, they said like uh, they they asked if I was interested in the code, and they said, "Oh, the Australian codes won't be until day of release." I'm like that's fine, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. And yeah, and this news came out, and obviously the guys working with De- Devolver <laughs> weren't weren't aware that this could happen. I don't think they even thought this could have happened. Yeah. Like yeah. you, obviously, you might have some games where it's like, "Oh, this is this is pushing it," and you're like you put it, you might put it towards them. You're like, "Oh, then you get it back." Yeah, fair enough. Like we were kind of expecting it, and we needed to make some changes. But this one's this one's a real head scratcher when it happened for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I'm still scratching my head. Yeah, no, no kidding. I don't, I don't know why we even bothered fighting if this is all it's going to be every mm. freaking time. It just needs to change. There's so much worse out there, really, and of all the things, this. Yes, very frustrating. But uh, if if it if it comes back and it's uh, doesn't get approved again and it doesn't get released on the Australian stores, um, St- Steam and Nintendo Switch are both region free. Yep. So you'll be able to get it on a European account, American account, whatever you desire. So it's just annoying that you have to separate them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And uh, like a, a few of our friends bring up the the argument as well, like movies, music, they do not have this problem. No. It's just it's just it's just something that the people on this board have with video games yep. they treat them differently because they're interactive yeah which you can see that because like if you're playing a horror game you can be sucked into it a lot more than a horror movie for example because you're placed there so maybe they say like oh you're going to want to cut people up when you're playing this game oh I just like I don't you, know when you say stuff like that I just think of like Dead by Daylight like shit like Dead by Daylight gets through but why does a 2D indie game not 
Mm. Dead by Daylight's like, hey, look, um, you're going to hang people up on hooks. Literally <laughs> strap them to a meat hook and make mm. them suffer and scream in bright and pain. And yeah. I would love to sit like one of God. these one of these guys down, like who, who, whoever's in charge, whatever at the, the ratings board or the classification board to be like, you know, what is your process of going through these games? And instead of like, we, we can sit here as gamers on a podcast and, you know, just show our displeasure of it but I would like to find out exactly why like these random games seem to get just disapproved because yeah, back, back in the day they could have easily said we don't have an R18 plus so anything with people dying in it won't be released in Australia so Call of Duty anything any AAA game at that point really yeah. wouldn't be out in Australia if, if, they was, if, if they meant what they said yeah. but since those games were too big to not bring to Australia they just put put under the yeah exactly the money it comes down. Ross is doing the money symbol yeah. <laughs> with his hands, the gesture. Yeah, comes down to money. Yeah, and in the end, so, yeah. frustrating. I was looking, I was actually looking forward to this game. Yeah, um, but we might hopefully just have a little bit more of a wait here in Australia. We'll see. Uh, next up, Bryce, have you seen this? The Xbox One S, all a digital, all across oh Xbox One, all digital edition has been officially announced. Yeah, don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care either because I've just got my one S, but that's Look, okay. I just, I, I get, I get what they're trying to do with the all digital, and that's great. But removing the disc drive for maybe a fifty dollar price drop is probably not, not worth the bother. No. So I'll read a Shannon's article from Press Start. After months and months of speculation, Microsoft has revealed the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. The console looks shockingly similar to the Xbox One S. But there, but there's no disk drive. Aside from that, it seems to be very similar. Uh, whilst we don't have a release date in Australia, the Xbox One S All Digital Edition comes out on May 7th in the US. Microsoft hasn't given a local price yet, but it's going to be priced at 250 US in America. It'll come bundled with Forza 3, Sea of Thieves, and Minecraft. So it's only a $50 price difference. Um, I was hoping it was going to be a bit more of a drop uh, just for the fact that losing that disk drive, it's like, okay, I don't I don't buy my games from the shop. I download them all because it's just a Games Pass machine. But it loses the functionality of the Blu-ray player just like as a media player. Like it loses a fair bit, more than you would think, just without having that disk drive. Yeah. And yeah. like, to be honest, if I was in the market for a console to hook up to my TV, I'd be like, oh, just I'll pay the extra... 50 bucks it's yeah. fine just give me I want to be able to play my discs <laughs> yeah. or have the option even if you buy all your games digitally and you're like hey yeah it's not even really an upgrade option in general no at all it, it, it could be a great option for like um, like I just got my second Xbox One just for my um my games room yeah I actually I got a Minecraft Xbox One because uh, I'm not a big Minecraft fan but uh, Target.com actually was clearing out the Minecraft consoles for $300 yeah. Whereas usually the over here it's uh what are they they're four hundred dollars the 400. Xbox yeah four hundred so it's a good deal and it has it will have good resale value yeah so yeah. but like because I was I was actually thinking when the rumors were coming out for this like maybe I should wait for it because it might be two hundred dollars Australian and it will be a good deal just you know a box Game Pass and you're set you're ready to go yeah but yeah what do you, so you wouldn't be uh big advocate for going and buying one of these no no way no um the disc drive not having a disc drive kind of ruins it honest opinion really yeah um you have to get at the right price i think i think um so if the xbox one s like the normal one goes on sale for price this has to be a certain percentage under that as well yeah it does yeah yeah so without a doubt so it'll always be cheaper than this even if the normal one does go on sale Mm-hmm. Mm. I also find it interesting that it ships with a uh, Forza Horizon Three. Like, I feel like that's a way to be like, all right, it's because because uh, the third one isn't on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder if that's been like, all right, you really enjoy this uh, this car game, but you want the next one, and that's that's sort of their way to push you towards Game Pass. Yeah, because these other games, Minecraft, just recently become become available on on the service, and Sea of Thieves launched on there. Yeah. Uh, early last year so um, yeah on paper it seems like a good idea but in fruition no not no, really no not really no yeah yeah 
<sighs> also in Xbox news, uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate will come uh, will combine Game Pass and Xbox Live for cheaper. So this is also from Press Start by Shannon. Uh, Microsoft announced on the latest episode of Inside Xbox that Game Pass Ultimate will merge Xbox Game Pass and Xbox Live Gold. The service will cost uh, $16 Australian per month, which is definitely better than the $20 a month that gamers were paying for both of these services separately. If you're paying for both of these services, you'll be able to merge them. Um, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate is launching later this year, but but in uh, but Xbox insiders will get to try it out in the next few days. Right. So this is great. This is pretty... Um, this needed to happen just to make it easier for people to yeah. get into the I ecosystem. This. I wanted this. So, so did I, yeah. You know, um, I'll be glad to pick it up when it's there. Because what is it, like $15? Uh, sixteen. So it's fifteen. Yeah, sixteen. Fifteen ninety five. I just rounded it up. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's sort of a case of like, do I pay ten and ten, or do I pay sixteen? Because hmm. sixteen, not a bad deal at all. So sixteen dollars a month. Yeah. You're getting hundred plus games just to put just you, play. Put put your fingers into trying to. Oh, I want that one and that one, and you're also getting free games with gold. Yep. Which is uh, four games a month as well. Yep. Um, both on three sixty and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And that varies month to month. Some months you might get bloody Adventure Time, the game. Other other times you might get a Fallout game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't know. You never know. Um, but yeah, this this is gonna make it easier for me anyway. Because like the the way you manage your subscriptions at the moment on the Xbox, it's kind of a pain. It is. You go to services and like you see, it's got like eight the EA one, Xbox Live Gold. Like it's sort of all a mess. Yeah, it is. Not yeah. that we get the EA one around here. We don't do that. No. No. <laughs> no, we don't do that around here. But yeah, I'm excited for that. So that's yeah. just a nice little thing Xbox are doing to make it easier and to get more of our money yeah. eventually. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, moving on to PlayStation stuff. So a few days ago, PlayStation announced... Uh, well, didn't announce, but they did an interview with Wire. Oh, the Wire. The Wire. Yeah. Um, cool. So this is this. they're all pretty much from press start. Because yep. it's Australian based, so you yep. know, I, I, I enjoy press start. You know, uh, so this is the article reads: uh, the first PlayStation Five details have been officially confirmed, and it looks to be releasing in 2020. And to all the people that are like, "Oh, it's releasing this year," that's pre- that's pretty <laughs> pretty hopeful. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, but I'm just gonna. I'm they've uh, put down dot points of basically what came out of this interview from the Wire. If you want to read the full thing, go over to the Wire, check it out. It's an interview with Mark Cerny, the architect of uh, the PlayStation. Yep. And uh, very smart man. Yep. Also creator of Knack. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can be left with uh, whatever you want to know out of that. So here are the key points of the PlayStation 5. It's not releasing in 2019 as we started before. Cool. Not obvious. Well, not... Well, it's very, pretty, it was, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for, it's been in development four years so far. Uh, backwards compatible with PlayStation 4 games which is... I would have been shocked if it wasn't but it's good to know that it is. Yep. Uh, it's got eight cores of uh, AMD Zen 2. That doesn't mean anything to me. Might to you. You just build a PC. You know your computer parts. Does that Zen mean anything 2. to you? Do you know what a Zen 2 is? Mm. AMD Zen 2. I'm not a big AMD person, so it's really hard. You use your yeah. NVIDIA. Oh, yeah, yeah. You use your NVIDIA and your Nintendo Intel. Switch and your... Intel. Yeah. Yes. Uh, ray tracing support with GPU. Extremely fast high-end SSD storage, which is good. Good. Uh, custom AMD uh, unit for 3D audio. Also aided for ray tracing, a big update. Uh, extremely fast, high-end custom SSD storage, faster than any cu- uh, solution currently available for PC. And they, okay. actually, and they actually discussed this too. Like they're talking about S- the SSDs and the, the fact that it's like, all right, so it makes loading faster. And what he did is he brought up um, Spider-Man running on a PlayStation 4 Pro, and he fast travelled. It took about 15 seconds to get from one location to the next. Then he brought up uh, Spider-Man running on the next generation dev kit and it took one second nice. to load. And he says it, according to Mark Cerny, it's a, it's something there. It's not just an SSD hard drive placed in a PlayStation console to make it faster. It's something they've come up with to actually try and 
break the mold break the mold yeah and according to uh, Jason Schreier uh, a tweet I saw um, a lot of the rumblings around GDC around the PlayStation 5 was that uh, that they'll um, the marketing was going to be based around no load times okay yep which is interesting because it's um, it, it might be PlayStation really pushing the gamer message again what they do with the PlayStation 4 really going for you know the you know for the players type of thing and yep because, you know, now they've gone sort of real casual. Like, obviously, they're trying to spread their wings out. Like, they've got the hardcore gamer pretty pretty well <laughs> gotten yeah. now. So, um, they'll be going back to that type of thing. Um, where are we up to? Uh, technically, technically supports 8K, but Cerny uh, said that Spider-Man load, loads... Oh, God. Spider-Man load speed improvements... Um, 15 seconds down to actually 0.8 seconds on a 4K screen. So um, it's, it's going to support 8K, but it's not really... It's not <laughs> what they're aiming for, but no. They're going for 4K. Mm. Yep. Because at the moment, the PlayStation 4 Pro, it it does 4K, but it has to go down to 30 frames and, Ugh. you know... Yeah. Uh, new new uh, virtual reality platform strongly hinted at, but also supports the current PlayStation VR headset, yep. which is great. Yeah. And it does still have physical media, which is also great. Yes. Because how could they not just just yet? Yeah. I, know, I know it's going to go there eventually. Yeah. Which is uh, sad for us country bumpkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, until um, until internet internet's fixed, like th- that's the thing. Until internet's fixed all around the world, so everybody can access it, they're going to lose a profit off of mm. going all digital. So. Yeah. So I'm I'm not a. I'm not too worried. It's not the speeds. It's just the options because if you go and buy something on the PlayStation Store, it's going to be um, like God of War comes out, it's 100 bucks. Yep. You go to the shop, it's probably 70 here in Australia. Like the big retailers are really competitive with dropping prices. Yeah. Whereas uh, I know in, a, in America, it might not be so much the case. I might, you might get like stuff for 50 bucks, mm-hmm. which is $10 off of the full price. But yeah, here in Australia, it's really aggressive because... The, the retail price is really high to start off with anyway it is yeah mm. but with all this Bryce are, are you excited for PlayStation 5 is this something you I mean I'm not ex- I'm not going to get excited about anybody talking about anything until I see some kind of proof that's mm. kind of like where I'm at um, that unfortunately is the way you have to treat some of these things especially nowadays um, you can be promised all the things in the world in the game industry and get jack shit back for it so um while the premise is interesting it's a wait and see for me before I get any kind of excited um, if you have ever listened to our show before I'm very sceptical about PlayStation after the way I've been treated in the past yeah so <laughs> so that, that was pretty much from the, the Fortnite fiasco where they locked you out of they locked me the, out of my account yeah for yeah. For, not, for logging into their not, service yeah not that I give too much of a shit about it anymore but it's the premise yeah, like so, I, I, I want them to do the cross-play, like in full retrospect, like just want them to do cross-play, finally bring all this together. Yeah, you know, get people working together, see what happens. Go, you know. Um, I want the greed to stop, and I know that Xbox was a problem with this in the past, and I'm glad that they've changed their ways. But you know, now, now it's Sony's turn to stop with the greed. Mm. Get that cross-play going. Let people enjoy the console of their choice but still be able to play with people who have a console of their choice. You know, I think yeah. it's time to clear that off the board. It's not going to influence, like, bugger all people's choice in console in the at the end of the day. So, mm. Like, just saying this, I'm like, okay, it's a next-generation console, all right? Yeah. It's got higher specs. It's got this and that. Um, like, stuff like... Like stuff like the 3D audio and uh, stuff like that. That sounds cool, but the Xbox One X is already doing that. Yeah. So like a like a bit of this stuff, the the X is already doing like um, oh, I I I think it has a solid state drive. The X solid state drive, yeah. It does, yeah. So like stuff like that, like I know it's not the custom stuff they're talking about, which makes it just drastically faster. But a few of these things like Xbox are already doing in their um revision of the Xbox One. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm really interested in seeing this because I'm a I'm a big PlayStation fan uh, as well. Uh, sort of the stuff. In, in recent times like even though they've been making some of the best games they've ever made recently yeah just the, the sort of attitude they've had towards like 
I guess their user base and other people, other um, platforms user bases. Yeah. It put me off a bit. Um, because I, I, I sort of, to be honest, I, I miss the Sony from PlayStation Three and Vita, where they were just like, let's make artistic, fun, beautiful games, and they're putting like money into stuff like sound shapes and all like just crazy games. Where now it's like very much like we found our formula. It's big, open, character-driven, cinematic video games. You know, after the success Naughty Dog scene with Uncharted and The Last of Us. Yep. And they don't seem to be straying too much from that. No, yeah. Like we're seeing uh, from Media Molecule, they've released the uh, the beta for Dreams on the 16th a few days ago. Yeah. And that's sort of the last bit from like the that era of Sony. Yeah. Because it's like just creative and it probably won't sell that well. That's that's also the most sad the thing bugger. about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that reminds me, I need to go and probably buy that beta to, to support them because I'm quite interested in that Dreams beta it looks so cool yeah, like well, what people come up with I haven't actually looked much into it so yeah it's um, hard, something to do later it's going to be a $60 game in Australia oh it might be a bit more I think it's still going to be like a full price game in Australia but if you get into the beta you get the uh, get the game for half price and um, you get obviously the update to the game once it's a fully fledged game right so that'd be cool it's like an early access you know standard thing yep on Steam so cool fair enough um Got another little bit of uh, PlayStation news. Um, so this uh, this is from Press Start again. I'm going to stop saying Press Start. They're all Press Start. <laughs> uh, the Last of Us 2's final scene has been shot. Uh, the, the director, uh, Neil Druckmann, has just put a, a little thing on Twitter saying, just shot this scene. So And it just says the end, and it says cut the black on a piece of paper. <laughs> so, okay. so it's pretty obvious that the game isn't coming out this year. I know a lot of people late last year like oh Last of Us 2019 maybe a full game maybe a you know a summer game whatever it might be it'd probably end up being exactly what happened with the Playstation 3 and the PS4 it'd end up coming out on PS4 mm. but well, then it'd be remastered for PS5 well it, it was a um, the, the original Last of Us came out at the very end of the Playstation 3's life it was the swan song for the system yeah then it, it got remastered a couple of months into the Playstation 4's yeah which is fair enough because like a, a lot of people wouldn't have played it on PS3 because... That, that's what's going to happen with this game in PS4 and yeah. PS5. Well... That's just the way it is. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if it like gets released in a box that says PS5 because the PS5 will be able to play this game. It's just whether it comes out saying this is for PS5. They'll do an enhanced edition of some yeah. kind. Yeah. And something similar to what the past few Zelda games have been on Nintendo platforms as well where you know Breath of the Wild came out on Wii U and Switch at the same time and you can yeah. pick which one you want yeah. and if you pick the Wii U one you know you're stuck playing it on Wii U <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one yeah. I'll, I'll just read the article so Neil Druckmann revealed on Twitter that the team had shot the final scene this must mean that the bulk of the motion capture work has been completed but it doesn't really tell us a lot about the actual game um, it's been long assumed that The Last of Us 2 will probably be a PlayStation 5 launch title. Uh, this is uh, firmed by the fact Sony said that the PS5 wouldn't release in 2019, prompting us to believe that it will come out in 2020. So, yeah. Yep. Look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those games where it's like, yes, when it comes out, I'll buy it. I don't need a trailer. I don't really need much for it. Yep. I know you weren't um, a big fan of the first game. Oh, just the gameplay aspect, I think, was... Gameplay wasn't much for me. You played a lot of zombie games that generation. And you're sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like the story was touching to begin with, but the the gameplay kind of droned on me. Mm. It's, it was either like be really quiet and be stealthy about it, or go loud and then put yourself at massive risk. So yeah, it's kind of just like yeah. Oh well, um, l- like listeners of this show know Salim hasn't like really touched it either. So yep, it's okay. <laughs> You're not the only one on this podcast that Sweet. Hasn't, hasn't played it. I know uh, Jono came on here giving him a hard time once and it's like... Oh, well, Jono's yet to give me a hard time. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jono, Jono, give Bryce a hard time, please. No. At IV Revan. No. Anyway, moving on. Uh, this is something we talked about in the highest of Mario, Bryce. So this is about the, uh, the mysterious Retro Studios artwork. Right, cool. So uh, our Lord and Saviour... Reggie. Reggie Fizeme has uh, officially retired from Nintendo and he's made his Twitter account at Reggie, which uh, 
obviously means he's got some uh, powerful friends at Twitter or just no one got the Reggie Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. Either way, he's been posting pictures of him packing up his office and getting gifts and that from his, uh, you know, his friends and all that from the video games industry. And uh, one interesting one that come up was a an artwork from Retro Studios with the characters from their past games, so the Donkey Kong, Metroid, and uh, those franchises. And there's a there's a he's put up a picture on Twitter where. He says, "Thank you for playing." It's got Reggie Fizeme there, and there's a there's a Mario statue in front of the poster, which is covering up a character, which is unfamiliar to us. So it's just a robotic arm. All you can moment. see is a robotic arm and like a little bit of what might be a helmet or a head or something standing next to Samus. And this has brought up a bit of speculation, being like, "All right, is this uh, a new character from one of the new Retro Studios games over at Nintendo?" Um, so people are like, is this a new IP? Is this a character from maybe Metroid Prime 4? Hmm. Um, or could it just be some other Metroid character yeah. or a Donkey Kong character just covered up and it looks different? Could be. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. But speculation is fun, Bryce. So well, uh, do you feel like um, they would be trying to set up a tease or something in this? Um, I mean, look, I don't, I don't know how to feel about it at the moment with... Um with how retro is they're very here nor there um you never know when they're going to actually say something about a project they're working on i guess this might be a hint at something but Mm. there's nothing to say that it's an original ip or anything like that as well it could just be a character from a current game or you know something that something that we're completely oversighting and it's just like oh that's like mighty number nine (laughs) (laughs) or some shit like i don't know um yeah wait and see Mm. um I don't think we should read too much into it right now, but possibly, possibly is mm. technically a new IP. We'll we'll see as time comes mm. on. I think I think it will will be a character we're not familiar with. I don't think it will be from Metroid Prime Four, just for the fact that they haven't had that game in their wheelhouse for that long. No, no. Like, yeah. like they might have had it even a month before the uh, announcement like got made to the public. Yeah, but we like. I don't think they would have had the time to be like, all right, let's uh, get the idea, let's get the new characters, let's get all this down. Yeah. But we definitely, um, I think it will be a new IP, maybe something they started working on after Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Tropical Froth. Uh, tropical Froth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they make good smoothies, Donkey Kong, I reckon, with that Tropical Freeze. <laughs> sounds good, doesn't it? That sounds like a good, good smoothie. Good smoothie. Yeah. But I could I could just imagine being like Reggie sent this thing, which is it's really it's like really nicely framed. It's got all the autographs from all the the uh, the people that work at the company, and nice artwork with the characters they've worked with. And I, I like you you would assume Reggie is very familiar with this character. They've been working on probably the game with this character in for you know two three years at this point. Yeah. So he's very familiar with it, and he's got it in his office or whatever. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna put this on Twitter, but. Fuck! I'll be in trouble if I show if I show this uh, character. So he's just like, here's sl- a trophy. <laughs> slid this trophy in front of it, <laughs> and he he probably like re- by by this point Reggie would hundred percent know what the Nintendo community is like, or the gaming community in general is like. Just like they see something, they just have to dig every little grain out of it until they f- get some information. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see um once this game gets announced, if he just like gets it and slides it out the way. <laughs> it's like ah, here's the here's the full art. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of similar to what they're doing in um, Smash Brothers Ultimate when a new character comes up, they go poof, and show up in that big artwork yeah, of all the characters. The poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Bryce, we'll we'll um we'll finish up on the Super Smash Bros Ultimate stuff that's come out lately. Yep. So, um, what day was it? Was it, it was Wednesday? It was Wednesday last week when you guys are listening to this that Nintendo just dropped a mini Nintendo Direct outlining the uh, 3.0 update for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate as well as um, all the details about the new character Joker from Persona 5 and uh, he's, a, he's a lot of fun yep yeah and the and the, and the, uh, the new stuff 3.5 not 3.5 3.0 brings is uh, really quite cool too. yep um, a lot of little things yeah We've got some some problems with like a few of the things that were introduced, but we'll go into that. Yep. Bryce, what do you think of the new character? Okay, so I suppose we'll just discuss the character in stage first. So, 
Um, character, Joker, kind of comes from the foundations of a couple of old characters in terms of his moveset, but it does really feel like the character Joker from Persona 5 feels like they sort of fleshed him out really well. His uh, end screen is great. For example, his uh, his um, smash attack, his final smash, uh, is an all-out attack from Persona 5. You know, it all sort of works out really nicely. Uh, if you do a final smash and end the game with that final smash, it will actually just go from the poster to the reward screen, reward screen, like it does in a in Persona Five. Yeah, so that's cool how they're like, like all the finer details mm. are great. Mm. They're, they're really good, and that's what Smash Bros is best at. Just yeah, all the finer details. Like, um, that that's one thing. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna bring up PlayStation All Stars. Like, oh god, people people had their problems with that game, but the thing that sh- shown the most was just like the small things weren't there. Yeah. Whereas like, when you think of like. Um, the Joker coming to to Super Smash Brothers, you think about, oh yeah, the character's going to be there. He's going to be fighting Mario, cool. But you don't think about like his transitions into um, like his victory screen and everything. Like they just like nail all of that and just pull it straight from the game and just make it all feel so seamless and awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, the stage though is a little bland. Um, there's lots of neat little neat little Persona Five references in it, but the background is just like the map of Mementos from um, Persona 5 so it it's kind of bland and there's not a lot going on back there and it kind of just looks like a pause screen to me because yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Persona 5 so it's just kind of like yeah I felt like they could have do- done more with it maybe you know done like a Shibuya that trans- transitions from you know uh, normal Shibuya to sort of mementos like Shibuya sort of thing that'd be really great I, I thought that's probably what they would have done but they didn't end up doing that so that kind of sucks um but the music selection's great um they've got me costumes for you and um the protagonist from the previous persona from games p3 yeah. yeah as well as tails and knuckles which is uh and yeah <laughs> fair warning if you're gonna buy the if you're gonna buy the pass um the me costumes don't come part of it yeah uh, they're separate buyers, so they're only cheap. But if you're really into me fighters, then that's your jib. Then fantastic. But for for me, who doesn't really give a shit, uh, I'll pass. <laughs> the Knuckles character costume looks terrifying. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not good. <laughs> Especially like they're animals. They look like they've been skinned. Yeah, yeah. And they're just like the man's like, I'm wearing an animal. animal. <laughs> I killed this man. <laughs> um. Then they added in a DLC spirits board. So if you know anything about spirits and Smash Brothers Ultimate, uh, they have a limited time board where you can challenge spirits that sort of come off the timer and swap every now and then. They've got a DLC spirits board where it's only di- only DLC spirits. Uh, so they did that with Persona characters in it, obviously, and their little spirit fights. So you can earn your spirit uh, your spirits from that. Um, that was cool. Uh, I'll let Drew talk about Stage Builder, which was... Yeah. yeah. So they they, cool. they added the Stage Builder, which was a feature I really missed because I quite enjoyed it on the Wii U Super Smash Bros. And uh, what they've done with it, they've, they've, uh, the fact that you can like freely draw on the touch screen and sort of make things in the background is really cool. Mm-hmm. There was a, um, there's a Twitter account called... Um, I forgot the exact name of it, but it's like, Can You Pat the Dog? And it goes through games where you can pat the dog or you can't pat the dog. Yep. And they put out a tweet today saying, uh, "Thank, thanks to the new st- stage builder mode, you can now pat the dog in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. <laughs> and how they did that is they put like a picture of a dog in the background and in the foreground is just like a hand rotating around its head. <laughs> <laughs> so so you can pat the dog in Yay. Super Smash Bros. So, that, so this feature allows you to pat the dog, which is a great inclusion to the game. Very important. So good. Um, but one of the reasons I loved the stage builder mode the most is because you could ma- you come up with really wacky ideas for matches. Um, one of the big ones people were playing in the Wii U version was uh, Smash Football, which is basically basketball. You've got to like hit each other into cannons, which are facing down, and that's basically like doing slam dunks. Yep. So that was that was a lot of fun to do, and but the actual stages looked like a basketball um, court, which was really cool. 
And one which uh, I come up with with a friend of ours was actually like you do like a big, uh, a big map. You do like little tiny platforms at the bottom just so you can spawn on. And then you do a special match where you can put jetpacks on and just fly around. And it was really fun. And I was like, I really want to do this in Smash Ultimate because obviously it's the, it's the game we're playing now. The Wii U's, you know, not in my pocket <laughs> as well. And so I made my stage. I went to Special Smash. And I went to go and play it. But it didn't allow me to actually play my play Special Smash with those settings on custom maps. Which I'm like, oh my god, it just ruined it for me. Yeah. Because I, I haven't gone around the Smash World app or anything to actually look into uh, like maps to download and that. I'll be doing that probably later on. Yeah. But just the fact I can't do that, because I was looking forward to just like doing really weird things, like getting funny with it, like doing special rules and doing special maps to cater for that. Yeah. That was why I really enjoyed it. And like other things, like the like uh, you sent me the link for the PewDiePie chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, Somebody it's a- made a PewDiePie chair. It's like really good. <laughs> Can it do this? <laughs> yeah, it says T bad up the top. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so um, you know, I I quite enjoy it, but yeah, it needs tweaks. It needs tweaks. Like yep. I, that seems like a bit of an overlook, just from my perspective. I don't yeah. think they would have been like, oh no, we don't want special smash on. No, yeah, custom definitely maps. an overlook. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only other thing was is the Smash World app itself, which you mentioned. Yeah. Um, it's it's good for sharing content, and in my honest opinion, the services are probably a little bit better than what the Splatoon ones are because sharing content is obviously something that's been restricted from Smash up until now. Um, so it's all good. Like you know, you can upload your replays and your game your uh, game modes or your stages or screenshots or you know a bit of everything um but it has a few glaring issues one of them being uploading replays seems to upload to them then they upload to youtube and then it gets put on the app yeah which is kind of like a big workaround i think for about a minute and a half video it took me half an hour to 45 minutes to get up there um that could be because of partial server congestion as well so i can't really talk too much about that um but Everything else when it comes to content sharing seems to work okay. You've got your own profile. You know, you can view all your stuff on your own individuality. That's great. Um, the other the other issue was is that, uh, and you brought this up earlier, but somebody, uh, who was it on Twitter? Um, oh, uh, Miguel from um, Castle Pixel oh. who does Blossom Tales. Yeah. yeah, there you go. The writer on Blossom Tales. Um, so the writer of Blossom Tales, uh, he doesn't have the challenges pass and he went to check the uh smash world and he tried to tr- tried to find videos videos on joker but because he hasn't actually purchased a dlc pack he couldn't yeah it, so it came, he literally couldn't view videos it came up with a message saying you don't own this content so you can't view the video well yeah which is just ridiculous because it's like it's it's kind of like being like i want to buy this video game i'm going to look at a review then youtube comes up saying you don't own this game you can't watch the video yeah it's like Nintendo aren't you trying to share the videos to entice people to buy the character <laughs> just it's back ask backwards it is backwards I think they missed the point of the social sharing <laughs> yeah, yeah to push their products really well I mean you can still share it on Facebook or Twitter and then people can view it from there but like having that actual Smash World app was kind of the point of like and that's the thing nobody's using the goddamn app unless they're using it for Splatoon with a special shop or for Smash content just leave it all unlocked, you know? Yeah. There's bugger all you can do about just it. Just seem weird to me. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy, and I hope they fix it. But, like, the 3.0 update itself is really nice. They just need to fix some stuff up, mm. and I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it's a good update. We've got, we got the stage builder. We've got the fundamentals there. Hopefully, um, a few of those things we talked about get ironed out. Maybe they'll add some more stuff. Yeah. Because um, that, that was a glaring mode just missing. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it was in Smash Brothers Brawl on the Wii. It was, it was on the Smash Bros. for Wii U. Yep. on the Wii U <laughs> yeah, and it was missing from the ultimate Smash Bros which is kind of weird yeah as it, as it was named to that but yeah mm. oh well oh well Bryce that brings us to the end of the news and uh, the end of the show anything you would uh, like to uh, plug while you're here uh, you can follow me at IV Riven on Twitter mm. uh, that's pretty much it for me I think at the moment yep and you can uh, follow me on pretty much all social platforms at iDruby 
And we'd just like to thank uh, Brendan, Salim, and Ali for allowing us to take over the show this week. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It went by really quick. I can't. It absolutely did. Just going through those um, news stories and that. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, That's what we've been talking about most of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just thank you for um, allowing us to join the 8-Bit Collective and, uh, you know, do all these things with you. Really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to... Uh, doing things in the future yeah. <laughs> words aren't coming to my head no and yes. they're not coming out of my mouth no and and of course if you'd like to listen to more of our stuff Nintendo related chatter you can be we can be found at the House of Mario on iTunes Spotify platform Twitter 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 Facebook everywhere not Instagram because I don't really want to make an Instagram but no <laughs> but uh yeah yeah bit of everywhere Anyway, guys, this has been episode 148 of the Hungry Gamers podcast. Please be sure to rate and subscribe on your platform of choice because it keeps the emotional lights on in our hearts and, Bre- and Brendan's because oh, Brendan's a emotional boy. Emotional boy. Yeah, he's a he's emotional. He's a, he's, a, he's a nice lad, Brendan. <laughs> uh, I've been Drew. You can find me at iDruby. And this has been Bryce. You can find him at IVRevan. Until next week, 8-Bit Nation, much love. Stay hungry. Stay hungry, baby. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.